Hey everyone, this is Stu here. And today on the Outpatient Perspective, have the pleasure and honor to be joined by Matt Barber. Dr. Barber is uh, with Alabama Orthopedic Clinic in Mobile, Alabama. And thanks for joining us today, Dr. Barber. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. So in previous conversations that I've had with you, uh, Alabama has been a unique instance where they've been slow to the outpatient ASC um, total joint program. Can you kind of give me a little background on what you were struggling with maybe a year or so ago and how things are now in your future trajectory? Yeah, I think that's multifactorial. The biggest thing is that state of Alabama for commercial insurance, there is a, a, a monopoly insurer here. And so their, their policy is, is, uh, law of sorts in a, in a lot of circles. And until very recently, they actually did not recognize a code for uh, an outpatient joint, at least done in an ASC. Um, I think they would in a hospital, maybe. Um, and so we were kind of blocked on doing that. And they, they've recently, and I actually don't know that they are doing that for everybody. There are certain centers that are approved that have a a case rate now to do an outpatient joint in an ASC. So that th that part of it was regulatory. We had been able to do partial knee replacements for a few years, and we had been doing some of those in our surgery center. I mean, great success. I mean, that, those are, are well, it's, it's a great place to do those, right? Uh, and the outcomes were all good. So now, uh, we're in that stage where we're transitioning more and more. So folks that are healthy, that are good candidates uh, are moving into that, that outpatient space in an ambulatory surgery center. Yeah. Um, probably a little bit. The other thing that state to state is, is what do you consider outpatient? And, and some states do uh, permit an overnight stay or a 23 hour stay that's still quote unquote outpatient or is, it can even be done in a surgery center if they're properly equipped for that. And that's not the case here. It's all true. Same day is the, the current state law in, in Alabama. So uh, they are true same day when we're doing them. If it was overnight, I mean, that's, I don't know, 75, 80% of my patients. I mean, most of them we do in the hospital go home the next day anyway. Uh, but we're, we're moving more and more to that true same day. Yeah. Sounds good. And so in your estimation, I know COVID for a lot of people really ramped up the, the outpatient joints because a lot of places that's the only way that the physicians and the patients could have their joints done in a timely fashion. So as I'm assuming that that was true for you. And if so, you know, what has that taught you about outpatient joints and even going to the AS, your ASC? Yeah. So I, I think that what COVID did here, interestingly, is it, is it really allowed us to have that conversation because the conversation with patients is built around community expectation and what's going on. So if you go back far enough, patients sort of had this understanding that they were going to have a procedure and stay in the hospital three, four five days. And then they were going to go to an inpatient rehab facility for 21 days, which, you know, we, we've slowly whittled that down and tried to change that expectation over the years. Um, 
it was just what they expected. It was what they felt was safe. And so it's, it's recalibrating that understanding of no, if you're, if you're healthy and everything's gone well, you are as safe or safer in your home. And that's, that wasn't a connection for a lot of folks until COVID. And they were like, Oh, okay. I, I don't want to be in a hospital. I don't want to be exposed to whatever. Can I have this and go home? So it really, it made those conversations easier. I don't know if that answers your question. That does answer my question. And with more patients going to the, to the ASC, uh, I know most ASCs are built with limited space. There are some, you know, obviously bigger ASCs with, a, you know, 10 plus ORs, um, but the majority of ASCs are not that way. Right. Um, I don't know the size of yours, but what are you guys doing now and preparing for more and more cases to go there? So uh, our ASC is four rooms. Uh, the rooms are, are pretty good sized as ASCs go. So it's like you said, there's the extremes. I've been in, you know, centers with 12 plus rooms that are set up for patient stay rooms that are almost like hospital rooms that they can stay in overnight. And then there's ASCs out there that are one and two room postage stamps that you it's logistically challenging even to get the stuff for a total joint in the room. So we're fortunate to have, I think, a, a fair amount of space. And, you know, as we ramp that up, it's just kind of coordinating, getting uh, physical therapy to come see the patient afterwards, get them up, get them comfortable um, with a, you know, a walking aid of whatever sort that they're using after surgery and, and sort of making them comfortable to go home again, very blessed. Our anesthesia staff at our ASC is amazing. Uh, They're great guys, um, very talented with regional, regional anesthesia, adductor canal blocks, IPAC blocks, spinals, um, general in combination with regional. They're, they're great. And so that, that side's been relatively frictionless other than you know, for us, it's just establishing protocols and figuring out how we do that and kind of how we, how we scale it up because they're, they're a little more resource intensive. The patients stay a little longer than, than somebody that's there for a carpal tunnel. And so things have got to staff a little bit differently and move a little bit differently. Yeah. And then there's, there's another side to outpatient joints, especially you in private practice, your own ASC is anybody who's on LinkedIn, see some of the stuff that you are doing with, with your patients. And can you just give an overview for the people on, on what you're doing with social media? Uh, even you made a post, I think it was today or yesterday with, with, I think a new design t-shirt for, for the barber total joint, which I think that's pretty cool. I, I, I'm going to sign up just so I can get one of those sweet t-shirts. Um, but anyway, can you just walk us through what, what you're doing that way and the benefits that you have seen? I don't know that there's a walkthrough for it other than yes, we do t-shirts and fun stuff. And I try to engage with my patients a lot. And I do, tell that story on social media uh, about what I'm doing with my patients. And it, you know, I try not to ever have that be uh, skeezy or real marketing 
like right. pushy, but just, Hey, here's what I'm doing. This is what I'm interested in. And this is what we see sometimes. And we do these kind of cases sometimes, and here's what might happen. And here's what our patients experience. And it's helpful for other patients because they get to see that process and hear and see part of what goes on. When I engage with my patients, they, they tell me things that I didn't understand either because I'm, you know, I do this hundreds and hundreds of times a year. A lot of people do this once or twice in a lifetime. And so they've just got a, a different set of questions and, and what are the expectations and what are their fears? And it just makes me more empathetic to what they're going through. It helps me answer questions better. And so it, it, it kind of loops back on itself uh, in that way. Um, yeah. And I would agree with what you're saying. Even, even from my standpoint, I know when I got into the industry, people were saying surgeons sell surgeons. So I have to think, put myself in your shoes. Patients are selling patients on, on Dr. Barber or other, other physicians. Yeah. And so it's really, it's, the technology piece of this is new. What's actually happening is completely old. So patients would tell other patients that happened 30 years ago and whenever at that time they would tell, you know, a couple of their friends. Well, now, you know, they may tell a hundred because they're not, not literally live streaming, but they're, they're posting every day on Facebook about their recovery or they're sending a tweet from the physical therapy department while they're recovering. And so they're just touching a lot more of their community and their circle with those things. And so it, it broadcasts that a little bit more and it reaches out and hopefully in a good way. And people can come in and try to do marketing things and push things out, but, the part that that is it's not perfect but is good is that that becomes a feedback loop as well because patients also connect with each other about what's bad or what's not right they have a myriad of avenues to give online reviews and so i, I have this theory that it's sort of the social equivalent of blockchain where those people all validate what's what's going on or what is or, or what isn't. Yeah. If that makes sense. So I, I can, I can make a video or I can make a post and I can claim something and, you know, somebody can pop up online and say, Oh, this is ridiculous. Dr. Barber's a jerk. And, you know, hopefully 10 patients jump up and say, no, this is true. I had this, this is good. This is what I like. This is what I didn't like. Right. It's still, it is still word of mouth advertising is just uh, available to more people. Um, but I know a lot of physicians when they're thinking about this thing are very intimidated by, you know, creating a video with their, their patient or, or telling that story in a different way, sure. because, you know, the older physicians out there, there's still a bunch of them that were never marketing at all because it, physicians just weren't doing it back in the day. Um, is there any tip that you would get to someone who knows that they should be doing this, but you know, they're hesitant because, uh, I, I can't do it. 
if you feel like you need to, then just do it. You just start and you, you get more and more comfortable and don't, don't fake it. Don't try to make it something that it's not. You just tell your story and you talk to your patients and let them tell their story of what's going on. And some of the rest is a comfort level. Like I, I just don't care who I look like an idiot in front of. So it's not, that's not really a big thing for me. I've got partners that are awesome surgeons, awesome teachers, all these things. And being on a video with a patient would make them totally uncomfortable. So they may do better writing a blog or talking about a particular condition or an injury or, or having some other format or some other way to, to get that out if they want to do it. So you find what fits for you. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of great insight that you just gave us. And if people want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, depends on the connection. The website is, uh, barbertotaljoint.com. Uh, you can actually, if you just want to email me and reach out barbertotaljoint at alortho.com, have other surgeons, patients, people that email me, uh, you know, I'm not so busy that I, that I can't get back eventually. Uh, I'll catch up with that. Uh, those are good places to reach out or on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Matt Barber. I'm, I'm fairly easy to find. All right. Thank you very much, Dr. Barber. Appreciate your time and have a good rest of your day. Thanks, Stu. Have a good one.